Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. We have a lot to talk about this week. We'll get right into it. Let's do it. So the first thing we'll get to, St. Peter's is 7-4. and four. They are the hottest team in the MAC right now. They've moved up to second place. They've won four games in a row, five of their past six. Weekend sweep at home of Manhattan and Siena. Manhattan was 70-53. to They beat Siena by five on Super Bowl Sunday. Just a great weekend for them. They have two more wins over Monmouth and Niagara in this winning streak. They also beat Quinnipiac. And the Quinnipiac win was by 20 as well. Uh, they capped it off. Uh, this was yesterday with Aaron Estrada winning the MAC Rookie of the Week, and uh, just a good time down in Jersey City right now. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible that you know when we we kind of glossed over St. Peter's, you know, early on in the year. I feel yeah. like nobody really considered them a threat. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody thought you know maybe they could be mid table or something yeah. like that, but I don't think anybody really considered them to be in the conversation for winning the regular season title. No. Yet. Here they are, four-game win streak. And it's not like these wins are like, you know, we talked about Niagara a couple weeks ago. And, or last they're skating week, I believe. by yeah, with wins. Yeah, yeah, like they were winning games like, you know, by a point, a couple points on a buzzer beater. Like these are quality, impressive right. wins. I mean, 17 over Manhattan, you know, beat Siena by five. like those, And beat Monmouth, who was the, you know, two weeks ago, who was the leader yeah. of the MAC, still is the leader of the MAC at the moment. I mean, it's... It's it's impressive. And the crazy thing for me is you look at their points per game leaders, Daryl Banks is averaging eight point four points per game, and he's their leading scorer. You have him averaging eight point four, Casey and Defo averaging eight point two, Doug Eder or Eder, excuse me, uh, averaging eight points a game. They really don't have one guy who's just, you know, balling out for him. It's really no. a, a a team effort. You know what I mean? They have Oh, God, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys averaging more than six points. So, yeah, it's it's, it's impressive what they're and putting on down there. This is a City. young St. Peter's team, too. Mm-hmm. And I this is a team I've seen live um, a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, um, when they played Sienna. I think they lost to Sienna that game. But I, I was impressed by the team in general that um, they spread the ball really well. They have a lot of guys. They, I mean, they play 13 guys basically 12 or 13 mm-hmm. guys and they all have a role it's not yeah. like oh this guy comes in for five minutes and doesn't do anything right like he they everyone has a legitimate role on this team and you don't see that a lot with guys with because a lot of teams will play eight or nine and they play 12 or 13 one thing i want to bring up is uh quinn taylor i thought he was going to have a bigger role than he had last year and he was probably Maybe going to be a double-digit score. Maybe a guy who could average, you know, 12, 13 points a game. He's averaged only six a game this year. Yeah, However, and he's got their second-most minutes. Yeah, and he has their second-most minutes. However, he is a guy that moves the ball around a lot and is mm-hmm. kind of a leader on the team. He also averages four rebounds a game as well. Great shooter. Uh, his three-point percentage is 55%. And... Um, he was kind of their guy last year. They had a couple other older guys last year, but they're now gone. But um, they filled it really well. One thing I, w- one thing I noticed with this team is Aaron Estrada. I, I brought him up as he won Mac Rookie of the Week. I really, really like Aaron Estrada's yeah. game, and I think one thing I was the most impressed with impressed with was his footwork. And I think 
developing that into a bigger thing. And, and obviously, he's only a freshman. If he can develop more, he can be a really scary Absolutely. player in this league in a couple years. Absolutely. I, I, you kind of glossed on it a little bit earlier, too, how you're talking about, you know, they, they play a lot of guys. Uh, just to just to back that up a little bit, they have, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys playing at least double-digit minutes. Yeah, I mean that is insane. You know what I mean? Like how you, you don't see that? Yeah, I'm about to say what other anymore. team in the country? I mean, I obviously don't know. I don't know every team yeah, I, I in the country. Yeah, yeah, but like I can't imagine there's more teams. You know, maybe ten, if not less, teams that play twelve guys double digit minutes yeah. every game. I mean, that's insane. And the thing is, it's tough. It's tough to recruit down there. Right. It really is because there's obviously a ton of schools down in the area. There's probably 20 or 30 D1s. Yeah. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. But credit to Shaheen Holloway because he has he's a bit of a name down in that area. He played at Seton Hall, and he was an assistant at Seton Hall for a bunch of years before he came to St. Peter's. This is his second year there. And, I mean, credit to the job he has done because John Dunn, who left for Marist, and he he's really struggling there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're down to. I think the record is five and fifteen. They're they're towards the bottom in the MAC. Um, yeah, they're uh, second last right now. Iona is currently second yeah, last. Yeah, right. So that it leads me to believe that Marist kind of made a bad hire. Yeah. It, it kind of looks good on St. Peter's that they're all the way ahead of Marist now. Mm-hmm. I would have to, yeah, you and got to agree with that. No, I'm going to keep going on this. That was a move that really surprised me because you don't see a lot of the, a lot of times a coach changing jobs in the same conference yeah. because he went from St. Peter's to Marist, and that was a move that surprised me. And I and uh, St. Peter's kind of had to scramble because that that move was made in mid-April. So then all of a sudden, oh, St. Peter's doesn't have a coach, and they kind of jumped on whoever was first, and it ended up being Holloway. And yeah. He's done a really good job with them. Absolutely. And not, not even two full years in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we're kind of at the, you know, the little, maybe a little bit beyond the halfway point in conference play. So, you know, for them to currently sit in second place in the MAC at 7-4, and four, seeing that not a lot of people, if any, really projected them to even compete towards the top of the table. Yeah. You know, I – like you said, you got to give all the credit in the world to the coach, to the players, to the system that they're running. Yeah. And clearly it's working. You know what yeah. I mean? And <laughs> clearly they made the better hire. And something, yeah, something's really working well down there. And St. Peter's has kind of long been a laughing stock of the league yeah. because of the lack of resources and facilities. But they have, they put on a good show. They'll, they do. They're going to be a good team and they're going to challenge teams to do well. Mm-hmm. against them or yeah. else you're going to lose another interesting little thing that i noticed here uh according to the espn on, on their little team stats section down here it says they're 72nd in the country in points allowed it's 64.9 okay and i was that something you think you could credit to just that rotation keeping fresh guys on the floor i think you know it is I mean? um i mean they've only allowed they've allowed less than 60 points let's see i'm gonna go through this here one two three or no wait uh, a good amount of their games. I'm not going to – because apparently I've forgotten how to count. Um, a good amount of their games, they've allowed less than 60 points. And I think that's a lot of credit to them and the defense that they play and keeping the fresh guys out there. 
and just you know just doing that in general. Mm-hmm. They have so I'm on Ken Palm right now. Their adjusted efficiency on defense is 98.6. The D1 average is 102.6 for um wow like the defense and the 98.6 puts them at 97th in the country. That's very impressive. So they're they're a top 100 defense in the impressive. country out of the 350 D1 teams. And I know it's a football term, but you know what they say? They say defense wins championships. Defense does win championships. So, hey, I mean, you know, that's if they can manage to keep that up, you got to look out for them come yeah. tournament time. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? If they can get offense and keep, you know, they're they're Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I, yeah, I no, you're you all good. Ahead. Like, if they can keep the offense, you know, if they can, if they can continue to just put up solid points, like seventy a game, eighty a game, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see no reason why they can't potentially make a run in the yeah. MAC tournament. And a, a lot of their defensive components that are up here, most of them are top one hundred in the country. Mm-hmm. So this this is a good team. Yeah. This is a genuinely good team. This is <laughs> which is like, crazy because we never even we I don't even know if we've done a segment on them all year and right. all of a sudden they go they're on all a little four game streak and, yeah. and their defense is looking them. incredible. Yeah. And you know, th- th- honestly it was something I have I hadn't noticed all year. Me neither. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I no, mean, I, I didn't notice it until I just saw that little stat on you know, I had the ESPN tab open here just looking yeah. at the standings and I was like, Wow, seventy second in the country and points a lot, that's insane. Yeah. They they're not one thing they do need to clean up a little bit is the offense. They're probably you know not the best. Um, yeah, I got offensive at, team uh, in the country. Their offensive rebounding percentage is eleventh in the country. Really, eleventh. Wow. Yeah. Um, that that was that was kind of their big thing. Um, good three point shooting team. They shoot almost they shoot almost thirty six percent as a team. That that puts them seventy second in the country. Right. Or sixty second. I'm sorry. But, you know, this is – if they can, you know, clean some things up in the offense, they turn they turn the ball over. They're 349th in turnovers. <laughs> Not ideal. Um, No. But they're 41st in defensive turnovers. Right. So if they can turn the ball over less and maybe shoot a little bit better, this is a really dangerous team. I, I, I am in total agreement there, my man. Um, so so I, we can segue a little bit here. Yeah. So next thing – Canisius, um, we'll go. We'll go to Canisius now. Is uh, they went one and one on the weekend. They lost to Quinnipiac, very short bench in both games, and then they grab a one point win against Marist. That was on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Majesty Brandon hits the go ahead three with five that seconds left. That, it was a crazy game. I wasn't at it, but um, yeah, I just uh, watched a little bit of it towards the end of the game before the uh, yeah. Super Bowl started. Yep. And I don't think I, I don't think I stayed tuned to see Majesty's three, but um, regardless, I mean that was. That was a pretty. Yeah, that's you know, a, it's it's a big it, time shot. You know, for me, you write an article about him. He hits yeah, a game hey, winner. You, go, you know it. There you go, folks. You want <laughs> I, you want to improve your basketball game? Talk to Aiden Jolly. Talk to me. Um, so the Quinnipiac game, obviously, um, it was a short bench. They had eight. They were missing Jelani White, who was out with the flu, and Yako Fritz, who has an upper body injury. Um. This is a team that has dealt with some injuries and they're struggling because of it. They're now down to four and seven. Mm-hmm. That puts them at ninth in the league. Uh, they do have the tiebreaker over Maris. So right now they are they would be slated to play Fairfield in the first round of the MAC tournament, um, which is getting close. It's only about a month or so away. Um, but you know, 
this team, the Kanisha's team, has been very, very inconsistent, and I think that's the that's been their issue with them. I yeah. feel like, you know, they'll go on and they'll win a couple games, and then they'll go out and lay an egg, mm-hmm. an egg or two, and then they'll go out and win a couple more games, and then they'll lay another egg, <laughs> and I, I think. That has been the issue with this yeah. team, and I think just inconsistency. Yeah, it's it's inconsistency, and they're down to four and seven, nine and thirteen overall. Um, they do play Ryder on Friday, and then Sunday will be or no, they don't play on Sunday, and then they'll play at Niagara. That's uh, next Wednesday. I'm planning on a attending week from that tomorrow. Game. Yes, I will be at that game as well. Um, then they'll play Monmouth and Quinnipiac as well, um, and moving on towards the rest of the season. Uh, uh, so they have four more home games. Uh, it'll be Monmouth, Iona, St. Peter's, like we talked about, Niagara. They still haven't played Niagara yet. Yeah, they, I know. They, neither crazy. of the two Battle of the Bridge games have been played. Um, I'm kind of nervous because I, uh, I, I, I had a lot of friends that go up that go to Niagara, so I was I, I was going to the game with them. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna hope and pray that I'm not in the Niagara student section. That would not yeah, be ideal. That for would me. not be good. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe I can get a. little you know, get, get a little rowdy. You know, support yeah. support my team. Yeah. Support my support the Griffs. But nonetheless, Niagara has I'm gotten, looking forward to that. Niagara game. <laughs> has gotten a little cold lately too. They've yeah, lost they three have. of their last four. Um, they were able to get a really good win over Quinnipiac, and they really beat up on them too. It was seventy-five to uh-huh. fifty-nine after losing by nineteen to Marist and uh, twenty-one to Monmouth. They, there was a game uh, that they did lose to St. Peter's by five in between that that we talked about earlier. Um, but I think. Niagara is finally coming back down to earth after yeah. the, after the strong start that they had in conference play. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't lie. I you know when we first saw that, I mean, we I think I, we definitely did sniff out. We were like, this this, this is not. I don't think yeah. this is going to stick. Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, I I will give credit wins to Greg Paulus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, conference wins are conference wins, and I guess and, actually, obvi- like and obviously said, he came, and obviously he came into a really tough situation absolutely. with Pat Beeline resigning two weeks before the season. And, he just got kind of thrown into the fire yeah. to, you know, do what yeah, he had do the to best do. He and can kinda, do. Yeah, and he was immediately given a contract extension uh-huh. for, for three years. And I think – Rightfully he, so. Rightfully so, yeah. Even for just year one, this is very respectable what he's done. I know they're 7-14, and 14, but they played a lot of good teams in their uh, during their non-conference uh, portion of the schedule. They played Rutgers. They played St. Bonaventure. They played Buffalo. They played Syracuse. Um, and they lost all of those games. They, they – <laughs> They did win two uh, non-conference games. Those were against Norfolk State and Colgate. Colgate is a good team out of the yeah. Patriot I was about to League. say. I think Col- yeah. I was about yeah, to say, Colgate, that's a good Colgate win. could make the tournament this year. Um, and that that game was at uh, Monteagle Ridge. Um, yeah. So overall, I think it's going to be interesting. There's still a lot of parity in the league. Obviously, Monmouth is still on top of the league. Quinnipiac is falling the third now. Ryder is fourth. Uh, Sienna's fifth at six and five. And you go Manhattan, and Niagara, are both tied at five and five. Fairfield's four and five, then the two four and seven teams, and then three and seven with Iona. Iona loses again. Um, just I feel like this is this. We talk about this every week. We do, really do. We do. But it's it's hard not to mention yeah. it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because this is a team that every single year for the past I don't even know how many years yeah. they're both of their ga- both of their games were blowout losses. They lost yeah. by twenty three both games, Siena and uh, Manhattan, since the last time we talked. Uh, I was 87-64 to Siena on Friday, and then 72 to 49 to Manhattan. Yeah, this team misses Tim Clues, and I feel like we say the same thing every week about it. And at this point, I'm not sure if he comes back this year. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're already halfway through yeah. the conference schedule. I just, I don't see. 
I mean, not to say that the season's a wash. I mean, he could literally, tomorrow, he could announce, yeah, I'm back, and they could go on and win, you know, yeah, like 80 or 90% of their last conference games, get the second or third seed, and just win the tournament again. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, well, you know, ah, well, he's back. They're, they're, back. they're back. Yeah. You know what I mean? But e- either way, I mean, the roster still looked good. We all thought right. that they'd be a top two or three team with or without Tim Close. Right. And I think this is really just showing how good of a coach and how, you know, how important he is to that program and to Absolutely. that team. Now, I'll tell you what, St. John's dodged a bullet. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, I mean, you hate to put it that way, but St. John, they did. They dodged a bullet in uh, going with Mike Anderson. And uh, St. John's is a team that has done okay. They started out all right, but they've kind of fallen a little bit once they've started conference play. Um, they're they're thirteen. It kind of not not ex- not as an extreme example, but kind of reminds me of De- a DePaul in the Big East. I mean, they, yeah, yeah, you're what, yeah. fourteen and 0, 13 I'll tell you what, I, like I, I guess we can do our transition here because I know we <laughs> wanted to talk about the Big East. Um, St. John's is two and eight in conference play, and both of those wins were over DePaul. Yeah, like uh, like you just brought up, and DePaul after another strong non-conference, they're one and eight in Big East play now, and they're both of their tournament hopes yeah. are slipping away well hold and, on hold on before we do transfer the biggies i gotta give i gotta give a quick shout out all right give me give me one sec okay i gotta give a shout out to the sienna saints got their first they did win of the they season did. that's right i, I, for, I forgot right. i forgot to bring that up earlier yep. sienna i'm proud of you guys you know they're no longer the only team in the country to be undefeated at home and defeated on the road yes they were the one last, in ten on the road they were the last they were the last team in the country to be able to say that Yes. And it's over. A 23-point win at Iona. At Iona on Friday. Congratulations to the Sienna yes. Saints. Proud. Good I'm, job. I'm really, you did it. I'm really proud of them. <laughs> I can't I can't lie. Like I'm re- I, this is like a proud father moment. I, I can't lie. That's that's really that makes wow. me happy. Uh, so your your two sons now are Sienna and Rutgers. Yeah. Okay, no 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 no. I'm not saying my my main son is Rutgers. All okay. right. My, Rutgers okay. is still my favorite son. Okay. Sienna, this was this was maybe this is more so like an uncle like nephew an uncle. situation. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Like, you know, your nephew graduated from eighth grade and you're like, Hey, way to go, kid. You know what yeah. I mean? My, you know, Rutgers are still they're closer to my heart at this point. Exactly. But we can okay, now now we can go to the big east. <laughs> I just had to give a shout out to Sienna. I'm sorry. Yeah, so DePaul and St. John's uh both are not good now. The Big East just <laughs> on Saturday, you know, over the weekend, the Big East just spent their time tripping over each other. <laughs> yeah, it it was not Saturday was not fun for uh, the Big East. They had uh, three of their uh, conference teams play, or conference teams play three of their uh, ranked teams play. None of them won. Nope. Um, that was Villanova. Uh, or yeah, Villanova losing to Creighton. Um, it was also yeah, uh, Seton Hall losing to Xavier and Providence losing to Butler, or Providence beating Butler. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I I'm, I misread that wrong. My laptop <laughs> is like having all sorts of issues right now. Um, that was a surprising result in Philadelphia. Creighton beat them by 15. Yeah. Tyshawn Alexander at 16. They're up to 21st in the country now. Mitch Ballack had 15. Marcus Zagorowski, 13. And the big thing, Denzel Mahoney, who doesn't really get talked about a lot, 21 points for him Damn. off the bench. Um, Denzel. Yeah, this 
I mean, Vill- Villanova does tend to have one or two of these losses every year, and I think mm-hmm. that this is going to be one of them. Yeah. And now, now you got now you get to hear the whole conversation. Is Jay Wright coaching for his job? <laughs> I think I think I actually saw Mid- that on Twitter. I'm assuming madness. that was yeah. I know. I'm assuming that was sarcasm. It was, but nonetheless, yeah. like I saw that and I was like, God, God, oh my God. Hey, you know what? I mean, I can't lie. It did give me a chuckle. I, at first, I, I overreacted because I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And then I realized I was like, "Yeah, oh, no, it, just that, that's a running joke on Twitter." Yeah, I was um, like, I forgot. About, I was like, God, "Yeah, oh SUNY God. Syracuse is also again. SUNY Syracuse is also a running joke on yes, Twitter." Yes, shout out to SUNY Syracuse, <laughs> State University of New York at Syracuse. At Syracuse, the Orange, <laughs> the Orange School, <laughs> the, the the Jim Beheim School of Basketball. Hey, absolutely. And, uh, Hey, they're a football school now. All right, relax. Hey, Dino, relax. Dino Babers. Dino Babers <laughs> is a fantastic football coach and also a fantastic name. Absolutely. So, Syracuse. I, I, I do have inside information there. My aunt works at Syracuse. Oh, boy. She has met Dino Babers, and she says he is a great man. Is so he? So, I can confirm that. I was going to say, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He, he seems absolutely. like a nice guy. And, you know, they beat Clemson a couple years they ago. They did. So, I mean, that's. They sure did. That, that was two years ago, I think. All right, and now yeah. that that was our one minute of football talk on yes, the podcast yes, every week. Uh, it, seems, it seems like we always have some sort of different sport that we bring yeah, for a minute. Yeah, so, so there you go. There's our Sar- weekly occurrence. Syracuse football. <laughs> shout out to Dino Babers. Shout out to Dino Babers. Uh, <laughs> shout out to. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. What the, was that the quarterback? One? Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, was it Na- no, not Nassib, or was it Nassib? No, I was saying their quarterback like 20 years ago. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Brown. Shout out to Jim Brown. Um, shout out to Donovan McNabb. Don- oh, McNabb. Oh, Don- yeah. yeah. Oh. Shout out Donovan McNabb. I I blank on shout that out one. Jim Brown. Shout out Ryan Nassib. Yes, Ryan Nassib. <laughs> that was his name. I can't remember what that kid's name <laughs> was. All right, anyway. Th- th- believe it or not, this is a basketball podcast. Today. <laughs> we're we're going to get back to basketball eventually. Yeah. But we're going to talk about Syracuse football. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, the Big East is kind of tripping over on itself. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to the Creighton. I mean, they Creighton, they're a good having team. a damn Creighton's good year. A good team. I mean, seventeen and five overall. They're up to third in the Big East. They have, I mean, well, they got. You know, I'm looking at their. They had a non-conference win over Texas Tech. Yeah. Had a non-conference win over Oklahoma. They're probably a tournament team. Uh, got smoked by San Diego State by thirty, and I did not know that happened. But yep. Shout out to the Aztecs. Still undefeated. San Diego State still undefeated. They yeah, absolutely. Uh, they had a little bit of trouble. Mid major one seed. They d- mid major one seed. Absolutely. I'm all in. Make, I, I, make I wasn't happen. all in last they, or a couple weeks ago, but I'm all in now. I'm all in now. And <laughs> San Diego State, they struggled with Utah State a little bit on uh they did. on Saturday. And I they did, just I, blew them out in the and end. they blew them out in the <laughs> second half. Yeah, it was 39-31 Utah State at the half, and uh, then it was 49-29 in the second Matt half. Matt Mitchell, you, I believe, had. God, I don't even know. He, he had, he had 25, 28. 28 yeah, yeah. The, yeah, Matt Mitchell had 28. Uh, Malachi Flynn, who was probably their best player, had 15. Um, yeah, but the story of that game was Matt Mitchell. And uh, the the one late-night game that I did watch on Saturday was uh, the BYU-St. Mary's game. Oh, not B- West Coast Conference after dark. The West Coast Conference after dark. TJ Hawes coming in clutch. Oh, my God. That guy looks, like, a, that looks <laughs> like an accountant. He does I love, look like I love him so much, though. He does look like an accountant. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, h- him and his wife uh, welcomed their first child. Really? Uh, yeah, him oh and his wife. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Congratulations, so T- TJ, though. Yeah, TJ Hawes is uh, 24. He's a senior. Uh, he has a wife and now a daughter. Or not a daughter. I, I, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know why I said daughter. He has a baby now. I don't know. <laughs> um, so he hits the game winner 
with like five seconds left against St. Mary's shot. and then has the kid like right after the game. That is insane. So I didn't even hear about that. That's that, awesome. That Congratulations. was um, a hell of a 12 hours for uh, TJ Hawes. Absolutely. Congratulations to the, the Hawes family Absolutely. out in Utah. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, that, that ended up being a good game as well. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, All right. I'm yeah. at, okay, we're <laughs> – we are going to actually talk about the Big East now. Yes. I feel like we've been getting sidetracked for the last, like, 10 minutes, but yes. it's okay. We're, we're, we're on the Big East now. Yes. We brought up Creighton, uh, Seton Hall, uh, losing Seton to Hall. Xavier. Yeah, Seton Hall. They're that 12th was, now, Seton mm-hmm. Hall. Um, they'll I, play, still, I still think they're probably the best team in the Big I East. I think they are, but, too, and I, I, I think um, – I was looking at some projections yesterday on the Big East, and I think it gave Seton Hall, like, a 65% chance of winning the Big East regular season, which I see as plausible – but then I was looking at the schedules for Seton Hall and Villanova, and Villanova's schedule is easier than Seton Hall's for the rest of the year. Um, well, so they they play each other. Villanova's got Seton Hall at home now that I'm looking at this. They February play each other twice. Yep. Yeah, so I, th- I mean, Hall, those two games are more than likely going to be what determines who wins the Big East. Seton I mean. Hall still has to play Creighton twice, and they have to play Butler, and they have to play Marquette. Marquette is not easy to beat at home. No. Meanwhile, Villanova... They have to play Butler and Seton Hall twice, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. And so I feel like Villanova's schedule is a little bit easier than Seton Hall's down the road. Uh, Seton Hall's eight and one, Villanova seven and two. Don't cra- don't count out Creighton at six and three. Yeah, no, um, absolutely not. But Creighton has. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at they got Seton Hall twice and Butler. They got Butler. Yeah, Butler. So I mean, similar to. Villanova's they, schedule. They, they have Marquette sense. on the road, yes, too. Yes, Marquette on the road. That's that's never an easy game, no. as you mentioned. But two games against St. John's, DePaul at home, at Providence. Yep. Those are winnable games. They, they Georgetown are. is a uh, Georgetown at home. That should, on paper, probably be a win. But yeah. you never know. Georgetown's a pretty good team as well. Georgetown's not bad. And I think Patrick Ewing has kind of done what he can yeah. with his really short roster because he got – they had guys getting hurt, and a couple guys got dismissed from the team. And a lot of people thought coming into this year that Patrick Ewing was probably coaching for his job this year, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, Georgetown is three and six. However, with you know all the all the off court stuff that's been going on with them, um, I think that he might be given a pass for this year and say, okay, like you you have one more year, do what you can next year. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Shout out to Mac McClung, though. That dude is fun to watch. He is. Mac McClung is fun to watch. I mean, he uh, 16 points as a sophomore. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to the draft. Yeah, I wouldn't be but, either. Um, but for the sake of entertainment purposes, I hope he comes back. I, 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 I want to see. I think there's a good chance he does. Yeah. But, um, again, like I could see it. Yeah. Like, okay, Georgetown's going to be kind of rebuilding now. And yeah. let's. Let's kind get of out of here. I, mean, I miss when Georgetown was good. I, I do too. I always, I always, because my uncle, I had a, I had family down in I think, um, DC, so I've been to the Georgetown campus. I, you know, I always had a little I, bit I've, of a soft I've, spot for Georgetown. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go back a bunch of years now, but I think the thing that hurt Georgetown the most was losing to FGCU. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know what? Right, right when you said that, right, I think what hurt Georgetown that is immediately what I thought of. Yeah, and I think that that was 2013. I mean, obviously, we know Georgetown was a two seed that year, and they were a top ten team in the country. And then FGCU just comes in and obliterates them. Yeah, Dunk City, Florida. Dunk City, Florida. And they're not. They they haven't been doing anything lately. Uh, I'm shocked there has not been a thirty for thirty on them yet. I, re- I really. I am. think there will be. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, yeah. it's Dunk City, Florida. Yeah, and uh, 
FGCU is now not good. They're seven yeah, and no, seventeen, really four and five, and uh, <laughs> Illinois some play. But Liber- Liberty is up there, and Liberty is a team that uh, you know, it's a mid-major team that not a ton of people pay attention to, but it's a team that I think could make a run. They were Absolutely. in the tournament last year. They won a game. I-, I think they won a game. Yeah, they did. And um, that's a team that not a lot of people pay attention to. I think, however, their chances at a at a uh, non-conference or not at a non-conference and at large bid kind of came to an end Mm -hmm. because they lost to North Florida and Stetson in the span of three days and um so at at this point for Liberty they have to win the conference tournament to get a spot in the NCAAs yeah uh but also you have North Florida who's a good team Stetson who's a good team so it's kind of a three-man race in the Atlantic Mm -hmm. Sun right now but I, I I do still think that Liberty is the team that comes out of there and, uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, they've done a good job. Just down to, there. just to kind of back up your claim about the the Georgetown thing, you know, FGCU kind of being the beginning and the end for them. Yeah, they have made the tournament once since losing to FGSU, uh, FGCU, in, or FGC, yeah, FGSU, yeah. FGCU, since uh, they made it in 2015. Okay, they made it to the third round. Before, round of 32. Uh, that yes. is. Yeah. 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 All right. Right. Round of 32. Yeah. Yep. Stupid. Stupid NCAA tournament. Yeah, was... Their definitions of rounds now. Yeah. But anyways, yes, they have only made it once since that point. I mean, I'm looking at their overall records: fourteen and eighteen, and or fifteen and eighteen in 2016, 14, 18, 17, 15 and fifteen, nineteen and fourteen. I mean, very, very average. Yes, very, very average. Yeah, that is correct. And I mean, you have to go back and, like you said, I mean that the FGCU loss is probably the beginning of the end. Yeah, like it's, and it's crazy. Yeah, and. I think uh, John Thompson retiring had a lot to do yeah, with it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's obviously it. Patrick Ewing, you know, had the pedigree and him, you know, being a legend there and that he was an assistant coach in the NBA for a bunch of years with uh, the Charlotte Hornets. And mm-hmm. I guess I think it was still when they were the Charlotte Bobcats. But um, I think he's kind of struggling running his own program. And I think an issue is guys are get obviously getting younger, the ones he's recruiting, and not a lot of – people or recruits i should say really remember his playing days obviously oh they hear from their parents oh i remember when patrick ewing played and he was so great (laughs) and whatnot but at the same time i think that not a lot of recruits know who he is necessarily Mm -hmm. and i think oh he's just you know this guy who played for the knicks for a bunch of years yeah right that's fair yeah I, i think that happens with a lot of coaches now yeah um also, the, the the number of years someone named John Thompson has coached at this school is unbelievable. It's a I lot. never, I did not realize John Thompson Jr. was around for that long. I thought he was only around for like fifteen years. He's around for like twenty something years. To be fair, that was before I was born, so don't you know? I, I shouldn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and John Thompson is only fifty three. Yeah. I mean, he was there two thousand four to twenty seventeen. He could realistically get back into coaching. I don't think he's gonna end up back at Georgetown. Yeah. But he's still of age to coach. Yeah, absolutely. And they they, they struggled his last couple of years in 2013. Like you said, the eight, 18 and 5, 22 and 11, they got to the round of 32. And then the conference records of 7 and 11, 5 and 13 obviously did not help. Uh, Tom, John Thompson had the final four in 2007. and But I think now with Georgetown it doesn't have the pedigree that it once did yeah no I don't think so either I think and I think that's just the problem you know what I mean they t- t- recruits don't look at that school and say 
yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's George good in the 80s. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Nobody really cares about that nowadays, and it's just, I think that definitely hurts them. And, and I, I think the Big East changing has a lot to do too. with that because they that, were they absolutely. were like an ori- they were an original member of the Big East and mm-hmm. they were part of those rivalries in the yeah. 80s and the 90s but once we had that conference switch of you know 5 6 years ago um I so I that still makes me sad cuz that Big East conference there are so many good memories from that Big East They conference. were I I you know I know a lot of people loved the Big East in the 90s the 15 team conference with with all of those teams in uh late 2000s Early 2010s, I love that conference. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that I think that one was arguably better. Yeah, than the one in the 90s, and obviously I wasn't around to remember the one <laughs> in the 90s, but I really liked that conference yeah, way too, back dude. then, and I, mean, and I, and I miss it. And I, I like I like this Big East. Yeah, I do, but ho- obviously, like having teams. It just doesn't have the you know, same. It doesn't flair, have. The, it doesn't have you know the same I mean? flair, and it's not all like northeastern schools. Yeah. Because you got Creighton, and you got Marquette, and you got Butler, and you got. I think DePaul was in that. Uh, mm-hmm. The original. I think they were. Yeah, that sounds right. To yeah, me. and I think. Every time I think of the original Big East, I just think of. Sorry to interrupt, by the way, but no. I, I just think of the you know that Syracuse UConn game that went to six six overtimes. overtimes yeah, that's my like uncle was at that game. Believe it or not, crazy. yeah. Um, that's like the one game I always think of when I think of the original Big East, just because like I remember that happening. I was just like that game was the epitome what? of the Big East. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. absolutely. Um, this is crazy, man. Absolutely insane. Yeah, and I mean, so I'm gonna watch those highlights before I. I know. I might. I, I, might, have, I might have to watch some of that game because <laughs> Johnny Flynn, <sighs> Niagara Falls High School legend. Niagara baby. Fa- yeah, absolutely. Shout out. And whatever happened to Johnny Flynn? He actually. I I was about ten feet from shaking his hand at a high school really? basketball game last year. Yes, when my high school Cardinal Hera shout out. Yep, they were very good last year. They were into the federation championship uh, for Class B in New York State, and they played um, Canisius High School, was another big school in this area, um, and it was like one of the you know big games of the year. And I was there. I was covering it for for a website I write for, yep. and. I was, you know, browsing Twitter, and there was another media member said that it's such a big game that even Johnny Flynn is here. And I said, Johnny Flynn is here? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I looked around, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Johnny Flynn. And then I went up, and I didn't shake his hand because I kind of got scared, and I was like, I don't really want to be like that guy that's yeah. just like, oh, my God, Johnny Flynn, hi. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I did see Johnny Flynn at my high school. That was pretty cool. Fun, yeah. Fun and not and so his, fun story. Uh, his claim to fame is being drafted the, the pick right before Steph Curry. Yes. Is his claim it to is. fame. That sums up the city of Buffalo. It really does. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I said, the Big East, we miss it. This one is good. But, but the old one's better. The old one is better. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of becoming the old man in terms of uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. I, hey, I, you can't blame me, though. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just how it is sometimes. But, um, so I guess... Another thing we can transition to, um, since we were talking about it for a minute earlier, the West Coast Conference. They had, oh, yeah. uh, like we talked about. Four bid West Coast Conference. Four bid. Make it happen <laughs> at NCAA. Put San Francisco in the tournament. I want to see it. San I Fran- want to see it too. San Francisco almost beat Gonzaga on Saturday. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's a resume booster. Dude, okay. All I'm saying is if they can manage, I don't know. I know they played them once. Have they played them twice already? I don't know. I haven't even, I, I, I don't know. Um, I have to take a look now. They play it. That was the first time they play it. They okay. play it again on on uh, February twentieth. If San Francisco can beat Gonzaga, 
there I I am all in on the four bid West Coast Conference. I like San. Fr- I've watched a couple San Francisco. I've stayed up late to watch a couple yeah. of San Francisco's games. The it system sucks they have some ugly losses. They do. The system they run is really interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, that's a Todd Golden is a very 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 analytical coach. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah I think I read a I read a story about him. Um, was it the one that they foul at the end of the first yes, half? Yes, yes. I think they you, do you might actually retweet it. That, they that do. I, I think I did I, retweet that. that I, I thought that was a really it. interesting article. Yeah. And they, their assistant coaches have done a lot of research on analytics, and they found that it helps fouling at the end of the first half because you can get the ball back and, you know, maybe a an eight-point lead is much, much better than, say, a six-point lead at the mm-hmm. end of the first half or vice yeah. versa or being, you know – down three as opposed to down five or something like that. So I, th- I think that's interesting, and I found that really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm an analytics guy. I like analytics. And um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, but can, they they almost beat Gonzaga on Saturday. They were mm-hmm. up a lot of the game. They were up eight at halftime. Yeah. Um, the final score ended up being 83-79 to 79 Gonzaga. But um, Gonzaga is a team. They had... Um, what day it was exactly, but they had Killian Tilly go down with an injury. So, and we don't know how long he'll be out. It hasn't really been announced yet. They haven't really mm-hmm. figured that out yet. He went down on uh, January 30th. Um, that was in their game against Santa Clara. Um, they ended up winning that game. Obviously, they only have one loss. Gonzaga might have the best resume in the country. Yeah, out of every single absolutely. team, I, I think that's absolutely. And fair. the thing their is, their non-conference what, schedule was so good for yeah. mid-major. Well, quote unquote mid-major. Mid, quote unquote mid-major. <laughs> and a lot of people kind of thought Mark Few thought this could, this was going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year mm-hmm. for Gonzaga, and that hasn't really been the case at, at all. all. And he's, I mean, to be fair, you can't kind of credit that to just this year's season just being so absolutely right. insane. Where absolutely. there really is not a dominant team. Right. Literally, I know we've kind of mentioned this before, but there are literally probably 20 teams that we can think of off the top of our head that could possibly that could win, win the yeah. tournament. And I mean, the thing insane. is, and I've said this before, like 15 to 20, you could say, there, there's probably 30 or 40 that I could see in the Final Four. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not 100% confident in any of them. Yeah, no, that's me neither. That's the thing. That's, that's a, filling out a bracket this year is going to be a mess. It's going to, yeah. Oh, my get, God. Get your, kerosene, <laughs> get your kerosene ready, as John Rothstein <laughs> would say. Um, But, yeah, can, I think... This could be the year Gonzaga finally gets over the hump, and Martin. They still haven't. They still have not won one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they lost to UNC in the uh, the title game uh, two years ago. But I I I am confident in Gonzaga. I, I think. completely forgot UNC won the title two years. Ago. I think that's probably because UNC is bias. so bad now. Yeah, I know. I think that's reason. Duke UNC bias. is on Saturday, and nobody's talking. Like I know. nobody cares. I know. Um, so bad. I know. Well, and because of that, UNC is going to beat them. Absolutely. Um, that game is at UNC, I believe. Oh, yeah. So um, confirmed. Yeah. But folks, so, yeah. Bet, it all, bet the house on UNC. Absolutely. You heard it here first. Um, but, no, two more teams that are good in that league, St. Mary's and BYU, I think I think they're, both, I of, think I think both of them could be tournament teams. Um, I think I, I – they, I, they ended up splitting the season yeah. series. Saturday was their last matchup of I, the I, year. I, I think both of them will make it. I think both Especially of them Especially if one it. of them wins the West Coast, I, I, think, I think they both make it. Well, yeah. Um, I'd love to see San Francisco in, albeit I don't think they yeah, do. Yeah, I was in. just looking at their schedule. I mean, they have their some, losses. They have some bad losses. At they lost Hawaii, to Hawaii. Okay. Eh. Arizona State. Okay. 
lost to Stanford. That's you know Stanford's a good team. Yeah. Harvard, all right. Mm. St. Mary's, fine. Okay. Portland. At Portland. That's bad. Portland is a come on. Bad. Come on, Don's. Bad loss. Come on, Don's. What um, are you doing? Yeah, they lost to. They've lost to St. Mary's twice. They got swept by them. So yeah. obviously, between the two, they you did, get, be, did be BYU. If they can sweep BYU, I, I, if they I can think, if they can sweep BYU and win at Gonzaga. and win, I think that game is at San yeah. Francisco. Uh, is it? I got it at Gonzaga. I think the second Gonzaga game. You're talking the BYU game. Yeah, no, it's at Gonzaga. Oh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, but I, th- I, yeah, I think if they can potentially sweep or split Gonzaga, sweep BYU, and split St. Mary's. What, what day is that game on? That's February twentieth. Um, what day is that? Yeah, that's a Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Well, it's I'll be a, up anyways. It's an eleven p.m. tip. You know what? I, I I'll be up late anyways. So yeah, well, actually, no, I won't actually, because we I don't think the, the, the Griffin, oh, yeah, the Griffin does not, not print that, that week. week. So you no. know what? I have something to do. At 11 p.m. at night. Uh, on, there you go, On folks. February. T- yeah, that'll, that, that's going to be a I'm very much under-the-radar game to watch. I'll be up late. Wa- I'll be up until 1 a.m. I'll probably watch it. that game, too, to be honest with you, because yeah. I've heard a lot. I've never watched San Francisco. Let me, let me put that out I've there watched first. them, like, two, I think three times. Yeah, I, I've never had the chance to really watch them just because, you know, it's a late game, and yeah. odds are I'm and, the, and they have that weird – they have that one weird deal. Their games, like, air live on Facebook or something yeah, like that's that. That's really weird. weird. I, and I don't like – because I was trying to – um, I was driving to a um a friend's house on Saturday. I I wasn't driving, but I was riding, dirt like while the game was ending, and I was looking online on Reddit trying to find a stream of the game so I could watch the last yeah. couple minutes, and I couldn't find it. I'm like, oh my god, I'm never, I'm not gonna find <laughs> one. So I ended up having to follow like Yahoo Sports, like you know, it gives you every thirty seconds. It yeah, gives right, you right, It's right. like, oh my god, all right, oh I god. guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I. The WCC is a fun conference. It doesn't get, you know, a ton of notoriety as it, uh, you know, usually does. Um, a lot of people say, oh, Gonzaga should move to the Pac-12 and whatnot so they so they could be more competitive. Occasionally, I'm one of those people, but it doesn't always happen. Obviously, Gonzaga runs the table every year, and I think that's mm-hmm. fine because there are conferences that are like that, but it's... It's not like the WCC is a one-bid league every yeah, year. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, so, on that note, are we done here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I'd say uh, that'll be it for today's episode of the Talking Smack podcast. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.